0: What's up you creepy fucks, it's your boy BP and welcome to a new episode of Let's Talk Horror horror. So if you haven't turned off yet, thanks for listening in Um, If you haven't listened to the first podcast yet, you should probably do that And if you haven't listened to the second podcast, which is the first part of this two part special ...that's taken forever for me to do. Um, You should probably go and listen to those first, especially the first part of this... ...because you won't know what the fuck's going on. And so if you did listen to the first part of this two-part special... ...you lucky fuckers... um, ...the first part really was a very brief introduction... uh, ...and a very brief history into horror in film... Uh, I went from sort of, you know, where it all started with the early, early Hammer sort of horror and the the monster movie films, the classic Universal ones, uh, throughout sort of uh, the generations of of what it was and and how it existed at that time and how it exists now. And that is basically what happened in the first part um, of this two-part special. But this part, uh, as I said before, is going to be along the lines of more like the psychological side of horror um how it affects us as people how it's affected society um you know what it's done what it's good for what it can be bad for what it can be seen uh, bad for but what are the positives to come of it that's what this one is going to explore very briefly because i'm not very clever so I'll, you know i literally have to figure all this shit out So over all of time that these films These horror films have been documented on film You know, it remains one of the most If not the most popular genre with audiences But why? Some people out there can literally watch any of these films And not give a fuck But then you get some people who are the absolute opposite And shit themselves every single time they watch it But they keep on coming back for more No matter what the terror on screen is they love it, even though at the time they hate it. So why is that? Some of my favourite memories of watching horror films are with both types of fans. Whether you're watching it with the, uh, the die-hard fans, the ones that really love horror, and you can have those amazing discussions afterwards about uh, the film itself, how good it was or how bad it was, uh, the sound, the special effects, the acting, you can have those discussions with them. But it's so much fun as well when you're sitting there watching it with people who are literally going to shit their pants, everything that happens. Uh, They've got a blanket over their face, they're ready to leave the room. But they don't, they sit there and they watch it with you. And you can say to them, how about the next night we watch another one? And they still say yes. And you're thinking to yourself, why would you put you put yourself through that again? But they do, because they enjoy it, it's fun. And I think that's what you can do with horror films that if you can differentiate the difference between what is real life and what is, you know, depicted into a film, then that's when you can really, really understand these films and you can really, really enjoy them no matter what type of fan you are, whether you're a fan that loves them, you know, massively and you follow everything that that the horror can do or whether you're somebody... literally wants to pass out every time somebody jumps out on screen so science believes that horror films can lead to a positive rather than a negative impact psychologically and I find that really interesting because there's so much negative reactions or press around this genre um, all over time um, that they've been depicted on screen that um, it's very interesting that 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 is actually a scientific sort of outlook on it. They also believe, and it is documented, that horror films can help people confront fears and also help them with phobias that they have on a mental and also a physical level, which is also very interesting. Um, I've got a fear of spiders and snakes, and I've always had that fear, and will always have it. Um, but you can sort of understand the, uh, the theory behind it where the more you see these things um, in in film or in everyday life, you normalise them. And your brain starts then thinking that there is no fear there to have, you know, what are you really fearing? Um, and if you can start to normalise those, those fears or those phobias, um, you can see why they can say, ...that it can help. Unfortunately, I'm beyond help. I'm always going to be scared of spiders and snakes. There's, there's no going back for me. But they do say what it does um, is that all irrational fears... They, ...it's easier for them to become rational. So there is no longer anything to fear. And that's sort of what happens when you're watching these films... ...especially when you're a kid... Um, You know you watch these films and there's aspects of them that at that time you might have you know grossed you out or you know might have scared you but over time the more and more you watch these things you understand them you learn uh, that they're just films and you start to appreciate what they're putting into the film. One of the other things that they say uh, horror films can do is help build confidence. And once again, it's another thing you can sort of see. Um, You know, these films can be sort of dark films and so on, but they are what you make of them. And when you have these fears or if you're overcoming something, overcoming something is what builds confidence. Overcoming fear helps build confidence. So it's another thing that can be a real positive rather than a negative for these films. These films are so varied, you know, from jump scares to ultra-violence to to absolute gore-fests. So to go into these films and fully understand that they are just that, they are just a film, it means that you can see them and enjoy them as you would in any other genre. Which leads me to, to saying that if science... And we as people and individuals can separate these films from reality. Why do people have such a fucking problem with them? Since it all began, there's always been hostility, anger and overall hatred for these types of films. So many of what we would call absolute classics over time have been banned from showings globally. All over the world, these sort of films have been banned. The Exorcist, that was banned. Evil Dead. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Ice Spilt on Your Grave, Cannibal Holocaust. And there's so many more, even films as of recent have been banned. They were boycotted and they were not allowed to be shown. And you know what? It's it's so easy to be angry at that, to be angry at those people. But at the same time, you know, realistically, um, you can sort of understand why. Some of the scenes in these films are so graphic, and especially in sort of the 70s, you had a real trend of hyper-violence, hyper-real films. You know, the films almost made, like, documentaries, uh, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, I Spilt on Your Grave, Cannibal Holocaust. They were all filmed, uh, you know, so real-looking, so dirty, sort of, you know, that you can sort of understand the confusion uh, between what was real and what wasn't. So being... A fan of horror that I am, one of the things that I have always been completely against depicting in film is sexual violence. And like I said, in the 70s, there was a lot of this. uh, And that was one of the big reasons why a lot of films back then got banned. But you also had a lot of films that were uh, sort of being made that were just absolute gore fests. So films like Evil Dead, films like them, you know, very rarely have been seen in such a level that they were made. That um, it really, you know, caused an outcry and a real hatred for these types of films. But one of the things um, was that special effects were constantly evolving, which meant that you could have these harsher deaths that people didn't like. There was more blood, uh, bigger screams, and parents really wanted to protect their children uh, from these from these terrors. And you can sort of fully appreciate and understand this. So yeah, over time. There's been a fuckload of negativity and hatred towards this genre. But also, as I said, there is some positivity out there that is documented. But for me, I think it sort of comes down to this, and that is who you are as a person. You know, psychologically, are you allowing yourself to be affected by these films? Or are these films affecting you? And can you understand that? If that's the case then that's when there can be problems and then there is the negative impact that they can have. But for someone like me, I watch these films and I genuinely enjoy them. But I enjoy them because I love everything that goes into making them. I love knowing that somebody's worked really hard in trying to make the best out of what they've got. I love when I hear a soundtrack that's incredible. I love the way that films made and how they look Uh, the acting in these films you know in horror films is really overlooked you know because there's so much emotion that these people have to go through and in the film psychologically what they have to go through uh, and and depict that to you the viewer that's watching it Um, that's why I love these films and I think that's why a lot of people love these films so Really, there's so many different reasons as to why people think you shouldn't watch these films. And over time, that's been proven. But it's also been proven, like I said, that they can have a positive impact uh, on you as a person. And they're just fucking fun to watch, aren't they? So these films are at the best when they're fun to watch. Whether it's cheesy, or whether they're suspense-driven... Or they are a complete gore fest. You know, it's like being taken out of reality. uh, One you'll hopefully never see in real life. um, And accepting it for what it is. But that is as far as it should go. Controversial is what these films are. And by some, is what they're made to be. But as fans, we enjoy them like no other genre there is out there. And when you look past all the blood and all the gore and all the sinister stories that they create and the screams... Ultimately, there is talent and passion not put to any other genre as much as horror films. One of the most amazing things about this genre is how incredible the community of fans are that surrounds it over any other genre. You know, even though horror can be seen as a negative, even though they can be seen as nasty and bad, we fill it with nothing but positivity. Throughout my life, I've had so many fun conversations with people uh, about these films, uh, especially since doing this podcast. Um, you know, it's been an amazing thing for me uh, to do. I've really enjoyed it. But the conversations I've been having with people all around the world about horror films, um, it's been incredible and so much fun. And it's amazing to see people um, being so passionate um about these films as much as I am. And because people are so passionate and believe in these films so much, that creates positivity. And is creating a place for people to grow um, and gain confidence to communicate. And that's what's amazing, that if we continue this and it keeps going, horror is always going to be around and there's going to be a place for us to speak about it and grow as people because we can do that through these films one of the other things that's amazing about this community as well or fans is that there's full-on conventions you know where people go and they enjoy this genre and see all the amazing things that people have done the world of horror is so immersive and it's so addictive and can become an obsession for people and it's amazing when you go to these conventions or see videos of these conventions and see the passion that these people have, the time, the effort that they've put into making what they're doing or producing what they're doing and showing everyone, whether it's costumes, whether it's T-shirts, whether it's uh, you know toys they're making, um, it's incredible. They're not necessarily even doing it to make profit. They're doing it because they love it, because they're obsessed with horror. They want to provide that positive um, reaction that people have. Um, and, and it's an amazing thing to go to these things and it's an amazing that people are doing it and putting in this time and putting in this effort to do what they're doing to drive horror forward. And you've got all this positivity people are creating through conversations all around the world using social media. It's incredible. Talking about the films that they like or the impact that these films have had on them and their lives. You know, how far their fandom into this uh, genre goes. It's it's incredible to see and to hear uh, what people are doing uh, on social media. Um, and they're doing it all around the world and it's creating positivity. So there's so much that we as fans, as people are doing and... We should really be proud of what we have achieved um, going through all the negativity of the past and the continued negativity uh, upon this genre. we are really trying to do everything we can to take the positive out of it, and I think that is showing now more so than ever so these films are also seen as you know quite taboo there 's so much negativity around them, like i 've mentioned that they can be considered a bad thing for you to watch. And, once again, is that another reason why we do watch them? Do we want to watch them because we shouldn't? It's like being a kid and then being told that you can't do something and then doing it anyway. You know, it it can feel wrong, but we enjoy doing it. Psychologically, is that another reason why we enjoy them? There's some really bad things that happen in these films that we watch, But we still watch them and we still enjoy them and we never act and hopefully never act on these impulses. And we hope that we never, ever see these things depicted in film in real life. So why do we watch them? Is it because there's no repercussions for us for watching something that is showing such disgusting scenes and violence and horrible stories? You know, is it because that they're bad that we enjoy them? And not only are these films in regards to story and imagery very dark sometimes, but people do find horror films very sexy. And should they? You know, the imagery in these films, as I've said, can be so dark and the storylines can be uh, so sinister, but yet people still feel like that when they're watching it or that's what they take from it. All this negativity that's been around, uh, you know, for years and years... And this is how people still feel about these films, should they psychologically. So there's so many different feelings that people get from watching these films. And there's so many different feelings around these types of films that people say we should watch them or shouldn't watch them. And then when they're telling us not to, we do anyway. You know, it can be very naughty to watch a horror film. And is that one of the reasons... Why we watch them? Because we're told not to. So overall, to summarise this podcast, these films have been around for years and years. And they've gone through the shit, quite honestly. And they've been banned, they've been slated, they've been boycotted. There's been protests about them. But they're still here, and they're stronger than ever. But are they on many occasions seen as going too far? Yes. Do I feel like that in some occasions? Yeah. Do people have their own tolerance levels? Yes. And should they stick to them? Yes. Should people view uh, them as just works of art and hard work and passion has gone into them? I mean, I know I do, so I think a lot of other people should as well. But overall, is it loved by so many people more than any other genre in the world? Absolutely. And that's why horror is what it is. And as long as we support it, it will always have a platform. And as long as we continue to show the positivity around it, then there's no stopping it. Ultimately, there's always going to be negativity around this genre. Whether it's about the films themselves and why they shouldn't be shown. Or whether it is the psychological impact that people feel that it will have on us. But... I don't feel any of that negativity, and I never have. What I've done is enjoy watching these films my whole life, and I speak to so many people who have done the same thing, and I always feel the positivity around this genre from everyone that I speak to. Ultimately, these films can be fun. No matter how dark they can be, you still watch them. But you take away that you've just watched the film. That's how I feel anyway. So much work goes into making them, and you feel that when you watch them, especially if you have the opportunity to watch a good one. So really, why horror? I haven't got a fucking clue. Time. So I'm gonna do one of my very quick basic reviews. My reviews, I'm not going to give much away, there's not going to be spoilers, I'm not going to talk about the film much because I want you to go into watching a film that I review, if you do, uh, with fresh eyes. I want you to have your own opinion of it and then I'd like you to let me know your opinion uh, over on our social media pages. But the film that I'm going to review is The Invisible Man, not the original Universal Monsters, but the newest one. It actually took me quite a while to get around to watching this film. I wanted to watch it when it first came out because I'm a massive fan of Lee Wannell. I think he's an incredible director as well as a storyteller. But as I said, I finally got around to it. And did I enjoy it? Yeah, very much so. I think it deserves sort of any of the praise that it's getting. I know as a horror film, reviews aren't always great. And the reviews for this film universally, uh, from what I think, are actually really, really good. And it deserves it. This is a proper retelling of the original idea or the original story of The Invisible Man. Um, and it really bravely and cleverly tackles domestic abuse, which for me is obviously the forefront of the story that drives this film. Um, it is expertly acted uh, and really well, really well rounded. This film is really driven by tension um, and f- even from the start of the film you really get the sense of the idea and the dread that this this woman is trying to escape this life that she's been forced into um, by her partner. This abuse that she's had to deal with um, you really, really understand that as I say from the start but unfortunately being a horror film you know this this torture that she goes through continues it's a really effective film visually uh, and it's really well directed there's a lot of wide shots in this rather than a lot of close up and a lot of depth of field um this film feels very open and it's purposefully done uh, you can sort of feel that he's there you know somewhere but you don't know because he's invisible and that's one of the reasons why it's really well shot really well directed the music's really good it really helps the type of horror film that it is as i said the acting is fantastic obviously they had a lot of difficulty with the special effects because i mean you know he's an invisible man and how to depict that in the film but as i said the the way that the camera work is one, done and the way that it's directed really really captures that sense of dread, that sense of you you don't know where he is, but he's gonna be somewhere and you know he's gonna he's gonna do something at any point and it's really really well done. And I think Lee Wannell, as I said, because of the type of storyteller he is, he really knows how to show a story, like he also did in the film Upgrade. So overall it deserves any of the good praise that it gets. Um, I think it was very good, and I would also give it four out of five stars. But the biggest problem I have with the film is the same way as I felt about the recent film they did with the, about the Joker with and Phoenix. I feel that it didn't need to be a film in, this, in the world of The Invisible Man. And what I mean by that is The Invisible Man, for me, is the classic universal monster movie and one of my favourites. I really love, you know, the character, the madness and the, you know, everything that he goes through becoming this invisible man. Um, And this film is not that. So even though it's a a really good film and a really well-made film, it's another occasion where I felt that it didn't need to be The Invisible Man because they've changed and restructured the story so much that it isn't reminiscent or nostalgic of the original it could have been called anything else and still be a great film it could have not been part of this monster universe and still been a very good film but the fact that it is The Invisible Man you still want I oh, know I do personally want the original film and still want something reminiscent of that. And this is something completely different. And it's the exact same way I felt about the Joker movie. The Joker movie with Whacking Phoenix is absolutely phenomenal and I was never a fan of Todd Phillips really before that apart from The Hangover which is obviously a great comedy but in regards to directing I've never really seen anything that I thought stood out visually or directing wise I never thought he was somebody that um, would be a director that I would go "Oh, I can't wait to see a film that he's done but with Joker he made an incredible film that looked amazing like, visually an amazing film. Joaquin Phoenix, his performance in it, even though Heath Ledger was so good in The Dark Knight, he knocked it out of the park again in a role um, that it felt like he was sort of meant for. And the music is also incredible. It's just another film that works perfectly as a whole piece. But it didn't need to be a film... About the Joker. Without it being about that character. It's still an amazing film. But. As a character. The Joker you don't want to feel sympathy for. Or you shouldn't feel sympathy for. Because he's just a madman who enjoys anarchy. That's all he's about. He just wants destruction. He He's the the essence of evil. And when I watched. The the whacking Phoenix's Phoenix, uh, performance in Joker. I felt sorry for him, and I felt that society had failed him so much that that's you know, and he's had so little help that that's what's created him, and it's like an origin story. But it didn't need to be an origin story about the Joker because it's not who he is as a character. So I know that in films they can always change these characters, especially obviously with all these comic book movies that they do. Um, they're changing the characters all the time and they're depicting who they want it to be as part of that story. But with the Joker, he's very rarely been anything else apart from destruction. And it, it doesn't make you feel like that when you're watching this film. It's actually quite a sad film uh, dealing with... a uh, guy with mental health issues who becomes what he becomes. And I know there's a lot of speculation about how that might not actually be the real Joker and so on, but if it's the case that he is, it's not a real good origin story for that type of character and that. And that's why I sort of feel like with uh, with the Joker that (laughs) I think it didn't need to be a film about the Joker. It could have just been a film... ...as it is and been phenomenal. And would he still have got a Oscar for his performance? Absolutely. Because it's an amazing performance. And would it still have got all the praise that it's got? Yeah, absolutely, because it's a great film. But it didn't need to be a Joker film... ...and that's what I feel about The Invisible Man... ...is that it didn't need to be part of that... ...classic universal universe. Because the original is what it is... ...and... There was nothing reminiscent about it. But it sounds like I'm sort of slating it. I'm not. It's a great film. I really um, think that anybody, especially if you're a fan of horror, or not a fan of horror and just like those sort of suspense, horror, thrillers, it's really worth a watch and really incredibly directed once again by Lee Wan-o. Um And don't let anything I say take uh, anything away from it. And also just go and fucking watch it because whatever I say means fucking nothing anyway because, you know, it's my opinion, and uh, most of the time, it's wrong. So that was my review. On my next podcast, I will do another one. It might be a golden oldie, or it might be another new recent film that I've watched. Um, But there's always going to be a review, and take from them what you will, and if you've already watched them, let me know what you think, and if you watch watched them because of my review, then let me know what you think. And that leads on to where you can let me know, and that's on our social media pages. So I try and update quite a lot of different types of content on there. I really, like I've mentioned on previous podcasts, and I really, really enjoy doing it. I really enjoy having these amazing conversations with people all around the world about... These types of films, um, you know, how it's affected your lives, um, how you enjoy watching them, what they do for you. Um, it's really great and social media is a really, really good platform to do that on. So since the last podcast, I've now started a Twitter under Let's Talk Horror. Um, where where you've got the horror bit, the O's in it are zeros because it's the only thing I could do to get it to work. Um, but So I'm uploading content onto Twitter. But you know, come and, and see us over there. But most of my updates are still through our Instagram at let ustalkhorrorpodcast And I've been doing a lot of stuff uh, to get you, to just get you all sort of involved and getting interactive with the sort of films I've been watching recently, uh, as well as our you know films that are, for me, classics. I've been doing quite a few polls on there. Um, one of the things I put on there was Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2. Um, and the majority of votes chose Evil Dead 2. And I can see why a lot of people would choose Evil Dead 2. Um, But every time I do these sort of polls, uh, it's always interesting to see the outcome, because a lot of the time they end up doing the opposite of what I think. Um, I'm a big um, fan of all the Evil Dead films, but Evil Dead 1 for me um, sort of is still... You know, better than Evil Dead 2. I know a lot of people have a completely different opinion, and that's what's great about these films. We should always have our own opinions, but it's just something about Evil Dead 1 and the introduction to, you know, on a bigger scale of Sam Raimi, um, even though it being a very low budget, and uh, but you know, it's his first sort of major feature. Um, but the way that it's directed and the way that he directed and how we managed to get so much. Um, for so little for that film is still incredible to me, but it's also the film um, that I think really helps filmmakers. Um, out of the two of them, show what you can do for as little as as you've got. Really, uh, one of the other questions I put up there after watching um, one of my favourite films of all time, The Thing, I put up uh, was he or wasn't he? So. At the end of the film, obviously you've got McCready, uh sitting there, and uh, I've always found it really interesting in different opinions as to whether uh, he's sitting there at the end and he has become you know a, an alien essentially or whatever it is uh, or whether he's not um, and I still don't know um, every I'd like to try and convince myself that I do know and I just I just fucking don't um, but most people. Uh, the majority of people said that he wasn't. And I can once again sort of see why the reasoning as to why people think that he isn't. You know, ultimately, MacGreedy's like the hero of the story, and it's sort of like knowing that he can end it all with them or knowing that he doesn't essentially have to go through it again anywhere else... Um, ...and just sitting there and essentially dying... ...and if it is in him, which you may or may not know... um, ...it can sort of end with him and freeze all back over... ...you know, it's a very noble thing and it's a very heroic thing... ...so I can understand why people would think that he's not... ...but on the other hand... um, ...has he been infected? Is he the thing? And it knows that if he just sits there and freezes over someone else is going to find it and it all starts again. And that's what's so interesting about that ending is that it does leave it very, very open. So to be honest, I still don't know my own opinion on it and that's why it's so great. I mentioned uh, that I really like Lee Whannell um, who directed The Invisible Man that I reviewed. Um, So I put on there what was Lee Whannell's best performance. Now obviously I'm talking about him as a director but in this instance I'm talking about him as an actor. The three films I put on there, I believe, was uh, it was Insidious, Cooties, and Saw. Um, but my favourite performance, Lee Wannell-wise, is definitely Cooties. That's a really fun film if you've not seen that. I won't do a review on it, obviously, but if you've not seen that, that's a really fun film. It's got uh, Rain Wilson, Elijah Wood, uh, Lee Wannell, but his character in it, is, he's so twisted and his his humour is so dark Um that it, he just does it so well, and he actually, for me, he elevates the film to something else because his character's so good. Um, but that's a really good film. If you've not seen Cooties, go check it out. Uh, one of the other things I put on there was I recently watched uh, The Host, which is the film uh, all done on a Zoom call where they're uh, doing a séance. If you haven't once again, if you haven't seen that, that's definitely worth a watch. It's incredible what they managed to do, especially within an hour time frame. Um, I put on there, did people shit themselves when they watched it? And the majority of people said, yes, they did. But the biggest surprise for me out of all the uh, polls and interactions I had with people. So I put on there, what did people prefer? Either Creep, uh, the original, obviously, Creep film, or, or the sequel, Creep 2. And um, I was really surprised because uh, the majority of people voted for Creep. Uh, And once again, I get it, you know, it's the original, it's the introduction to this character, the introduction to this story. But I was really surprised because the sequel's a pretty perfect one. You already know the character and it expands on the character. And once, you know, it's expertly sort of acted and fleshed out uh, by, I think it's Mark Duplass. But he's so good in that role And the second one really embraces that and him as a character. It also drives the story of him further. But it also feels more fresher as a storyline to me. It sort of feels like um, the first one, even though it's a really, really good film. And once again, I'm not taking anything away from that because I enjoyed both of them so much. But that, apart from, you know, the whole somebody goes to film him because, you know, he says he's dying and stuff, but everything after that becomes quite, you know, basic and generic and so to speak. But this film throughout the whole, you know, the sequel throughout the whole film uh, mostly feels really fresh and and sort of really new and and, and a very interesting take on a story that's already there. You know, visually it's better. Um, You are really still interested in the story and where it's going to go. You don't really know how it's going to end because obviously, you know, of the, the, the multiple things that he's saying he's going to do in the film or what is going to happen. Uh, it's funnier, even though it sort of shouldn't be. So for me, I think, like Creep 2 is like the perfect sequel. So when, uh, you know, everyone said that Creep 1 was, you know, majority their favourite, I was really surprised by that. And once again, is another reason why I enjoy doing these things. Because everyone has their opinion and everybody is open to have a different opinion and that's what everybody should have with these films. So I'm going to continue to upload on social media. Um, as I said, mostly my Instagram and Twitter pages. Um, head over the, to, to them, you know, give them a like, give them a follow, and really do sort of communicate with my posts because I love I love talking to you a lot about the you know horror. And that's all you motherfuckers again. That's the end of this podcast, the third episode of Let's Talk Horror. And it's the second part of a two-part special because I'm that fucking nice. But also, trying to figure out this second part has been way more difficult than what I thought it was going to be. So going forward, I'm going to try and keep things a little bit more basic. Do I know what I'm doing for the next podcast? I don't have a fucking clue, but I'm going to do one. And it's going to be a surprise, and it's going to be fucking brilliant either way. But I would like to say thank you so much for anybody that has listened to the previous podcast. I'd say a big thank you for anybody who does listen to this podcast. And I promise that I continue to do them, and I will continue to upload onto our social media pages. And I would love it if you can... Once again, as I say, interact with me through those and let me know uh, if you've got any ideas or anything that you want to do to help with the Let's Talk Horror podcast. It's a crazy world we live in and we're still living in this this mad, mad world of this pandemic and we need things to to get us through it. And this is the, the thing that I've got to help me. Um, and I know a lot of other people have done the same thing, um, so I applaud them for doing it, because this is not an easy thing to do, uh, especially on your own, and listen to your own voice over and over again, but, you know, I'm here, and I hope you listen to it, and all I can say is I hope that you stay weird, and keep creepy, and stay safe.